please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, this is Corey. Martin the Mailman. Yo, it's Jesse T. And I'm Young Lazy. Yo, and we are the Kind of Movie Critics podcast. This marks a, a, a land a landmark for us guys this is the first time we all we've all went to go see the movie together turned around and came right back in here and started podcasting and and i think we even we were we haven't even talked about it amongst ourselves for real because we were like we want to save it all for the motherfucking mic right Mm -hmm. yeah so today's oscar day we don't give a fuck about the oscars right now i don't have cable you don't need cable it's not on cable you probably can stream it you just don't want to watch that shit (laughs) well it's social media makes it (laughs) i'm sorry but (laughs) like when we're editing the episodes and i just hear like jesse not saying anything but like giggling the entire fucking time it's gonna be hilarious yeah the way social media is though you really don't need cable people give you Mm -mm. blow by blow updates if you're on your twitter pretty much i didn't watch the grammys i didn't miss anything yeah but you didn't yeah exactly it's like it's it's a weird culture we live in. It's like osmosis with the way you get this shit. It's like I saw it, but I didn't see it, you know, or I know everything about it, but I didn't see a piece of it. You know? If we could only do that with social issues, we could live through other people's eyes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it's getting there. You know, every every technology has that curve, you know. One can only hope. Yeah, one can only hope. So, uh, And also, Bill Paxton died today. We just learned not too long ago. Yeah. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. R.I.P. Game you know, over, man. True Lies. I loved him in True Lies. That was like my probably my favorite role of his. I really, I really liked Big Love. Like Big Love was my shit. I never watched it. I never watched it either, but I always heard it was pretty good. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was like sister wives, but like Mormons, and they were gangster as fuck. Like you should watch it. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. to go back. HBO doesn't make too many bad Mm-mm. shows, so I don't know why I just haven't gone through the gambit of HBO shows. They're all still available. Yeah, they're all still available. I still haven't seen Band of Brothers. Like, I still want to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. I don't care. So, <laughs> anyway, man. Everybody everybody good, though? Everybody, Anybody want to talk about anything before we get into this? Nah, I'm like the chick this. trying to jump into Double Dutch mm-hmm. rope right. right now. <laughs> right. So, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and for, what's going to happen here is for about, we're going to give you guys about a 15-minute grace period. We're going to talk about this movie, and we're going to try not to spoil it for about 15 minutes. And then we're going to let you know when it's hammer time. So... You know, don't don't worry about spoilers yet. I know the tag at the beginning of the episode said spoilers, but you're you're in a safe zone right now. You're in a safe place. You're in a safe place. With right your special snowflake ass. Yeah. Unlike Chris in Get Out, he wasn't in a safe space. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I don't Yo, think that's spoiling like, anything. You know how I feel right now? You know, at the end of we was talking about Malcolm X, and at the end where they're all standing up, I am Malcolm X. Like I'm like we're all Chris. We're right. Chris. We're Chris as fuck. Right. We're Chris as fuck. Um, not all of us. <laughs> uh, you can't Stay see this weird up. eye thing I'm doing, but this no. eye thing is pointing to Corey. Yeah, he's, he's, he's looking at me. I'm gonna tell you guys the moment first and foremost. So, because uh, I know Lizzie's dying to to for somebody to say this shit uh, in reference to me. So let me just go ahead and throw it out there. It's not an apology because I didn't say the movie was gonna suck. I said I was officially confused by the trailer of this film. Nah, you may. I'm sorry, but uh, anyone who's paying attention to us knows that you full on made a. Facebook post talking about he was like, "Am I the only one that's like, what the fuck?" And I'm not really interested. Well, here's I the beautiful. The, I wasn't that interested either. 
I there was, you go. I mean, but I wasn't like that movie's gonna suck though. Right. I just was kind of like, I'll catch that when I catch it. Right. He's like, know? this shit looks dopey. Like that was you. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. It's, it's pretty unanimous here at this table that like, and and I got a couple that of you were hating on, on it. No. See, you're wrong because then and I can pull up my Facebook post so I can actually tell you verbatim what I said. Yes, That's let's. the beautiful part about social media. But um, the only point I was making was that um. the first trailer, the first trailer for this movie, kind of like. It it went and it I didn't take it seriously from the first trailer. To be fair though, I've never seen the first trailer. I only saw the second trailer and it looked good as shit from watching the second trailer. The second one they tidied it up a lot. Well, I believe your exact words were Am I the only person that is not taking this movie seriously? Looks entertaining, but I was genuinely confused by the trailer. Yeah. I don't that's not saying anything bad. I was very confused. When you say you're confused, what do you say you were confused about? Like what genre it was? Yeah, when I when I saw the first trailer to get out I was like, yo, I, this is like, it seems like a, I don't know if I'm supposed to be taking this seriously. I don't know if this is like horror. I don't know if mm-hmm. this is comedy. I don't know if this is a hybrid, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I was, I just took it as like a Jordan Peele mashup. That's how I took it. That's what I went with. I was confused, but knowing the Key and Peele background, I kind of was like, all right, it looked like a weird, mm-hmm. like... But I'm with him the same exact way. I was like, it's going to be weird. It might be kind of a horror movie. It's going to be maybe not. It's going to be not realistic. It's going to be like maybe satirical in nature. Like it's going to be kind of, I just it was open that this is going to be a weird movie. And it didn't do that, obviously. Right. And then, But I will say this. they The second trailer looks like a horror film. Yeah, they cleaned it up a so lot. I know. Trailer. I think what happened was I think they were banking on people being like, oh, Key and Peele. That's awesome. But then people were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So they had to, they switch gears and said, "Well, we're going with we're going full horror here because yeah. horror movies get people in seats all the time." Right. So I think that's where they said, "Well, we got to go full horror to make sure people actually go see this thing." Right. Um, I guess it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like what you said about um, Key and Peele because when you see Key and Peele sketches, they're like very st- distinct. They they combine like a lot of filmmaking elements or like movie tropes and stuff like that with a uh, comedy. And I guess the last thing they did before that was Keanu. I mean, Jordan Peele wrote it. He didn't direct it. Right. But I guess if you saw Keanu, you might be kind of like iffy about his execution of a horror film. Absolutely. I saw Keanu. I saw, I didn't watch Keanu, but I saw like previews for it on HBO. And I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, I wasn't interested at all. It was actually entertaining. It was. Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> I, never saw, I never saw Keanu. It came, uh-huh. it like just... It came off to me like, dude, hey, dude, where's my car? And so I was like, I don't give a fuck. See, so the same way you felt about Keanu, that I came into this with that exact same stigma. But it Jesse, was, was I? Am I wrong? Is it like, hey, dude, where's my car? It's kind of like that. Uh, okay. Comedy. Uh, uh, okay. I guess okay. Also, like, <laughs> but it's, Keanu, it's way different than you think, though. Yeah, Keanu, like, I guess I, I heard uh, Keegan Michael Key say in a uh, podcast or whatever that. Jordan Peele actually wrote Keanu as like an exploration of blackness, like what it means to be black. And he like wrapped it up in this whole like uh, kitten, uh, like gangster plot type of thing. Absolutely. So what I'm going to do is watch that tonight and we shall revisit. Yeah, no. I'm going to give it a chance, but only because I've seen Get Out now, because before that, like I wasn't interested. And until, you know, I'm all about learning about metaphorical black experience, like ways that you can say the same thing differently and more eloquently. So I'm watching this because of Martin. Not because of Treasy. Let's just be clear. Oh, well, I don't I, give a fuck. I like stock of that movie. For me, I, you mentioned it earlier. I thought it was going to be Guess Who's Coming to Dinner plus horror film plus Key and Peele's sketch. I agree. And then the trailer shows all the weird stuff. 
all the weird moments in the film are in the trailer, so it made it weirder. But yeah, I, yeah. but the, but all the scary moments are not in the film. I mean, not in the trailer. Exactly. So like, it didn't, it didn't. I know that's a thing that you've said that like mm-hmm. you hate that they give everything away in the yeah. trailer. They definitely didn't give everything oh, away no, in course. the trailer. Yeah, that, that, I, honestly, I was shocked because I, I came into it saying like I felt like they gave a lot of the movie away in the trailer, and I wasn't going to be surprised. And honestly. The fact that this is one of those mo- this is one of those times for me that knowing the stuff that was in the trailer actually built anticipation for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, where's that scene? Like, how is that going to play out? You know what I'm saying? It was that. It was. Oh, I'm. I was. I was blown away, man. Um, but yeah. So without spoiling it too much, though, like a lot of what you see in the trailer that's weird happens relatively early in the movie. So once it's out of the way, like you're like, where and are we going from here? But right. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the what they did made sense, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. I, I, it was marketing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, it's they just threw all that in there to kind of screw with you. Yeah. So Jesse, did you see the first trailer? Um, I don't remember which one I saw, but I just remember when I saw it, I kind of got the same feeling that you did. It was just like, what is this? What genre is this? Because mm-hmm. I still kind of got the whole feel from uh, you know, Jordan Peele style, where there seemed like there was this, this undertone of comedy in what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but I mean, I from what I actually got uh, the experience I got from actually watching it, I feel like it was the vibes are still similar to what we saw kind of in the trailer, um, as far as just the feeling, the tone of the film. Yeah, they were, but it came from a different angle. See, the comedic portion came from it came from the, the his friend, you know, that we see early on in the mm-hmm. film, the TSA guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was there for the comedic. Mm-hmm. relief um also dropping jewels in the meantime uh-huh. but you know like the scene okay like specifically i'm like the scene that i really laughed at in the original trailer was when he snapped the photo of lakeith stanfield's character and everyone just yeah crazy. and then he was like get out like uh-huh. like the way the the way lakeith played that or at least the way it was cut in that trailer i thought that I was like, yo, am I supposed to be laughing here? Because this is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. But the the moment in the movie is really not a funny moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't funny to me in the trailer, but I don't know the which trailer, trailer. You know what I mean? How you received it there. But in the second trailer, that's not. it doesn't come across as funny. It comes across as creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah see, I'm, I'm telling you straight out the gate. The second, the second trailer, 100% for sure, or at least the second one that I saw, 100% for sure, cleaned it up and I'm pretty sure that they probably got people's reactions and they realized that like it was a half and half that mm-hmm. because I know there were some people right off the rip for the first trailer they were like yo this shit looks dope and then I I talked to other people like I know mm-hmm. me and you talked Corey and I and we were both like yeah we can you know I don't know whatever. No, I remember seeing the trailer in the theater I remember people saying out loud like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) like everybody was just confused like what is going on here yeah so 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 should we kind of just give a quick summarization of what uh get out was like does anybody feel like they're eloquent enough to explain uh the the you know whatever Uh, they call it you're looking at me so um i'm gonna i'm gonna hop into my woke woman shoes right now (laughs) so this is the breakdown the bio of what uh get out is so on a high level um, I don't. I mean, it's hard to talk about it without really spoiling it for you. But one of my friends, um, she she made me excited to see it because she was like, the movie is about the colonized mind, um, from a racial perspective. So let's not go that deep. Let's just talk about the surface, like, like 
let's just talk about this because we're not spoiling it yet. I know. I don't know what you're wanting me to say because on the surface, that's what the movie's about. A black guy who's dating a white woman. Oh, okay. You want a synopsis. (laughs) Who is invited to go to her parents' house for the weekend. Right. And when he arrives, uh, there was an event, like a party with, I guess, the local neighbors and things like that. And that's when things get weird. Mm, Good, good. Now, is there a specific moment for you guys where you knew I'm going to love this film. I know what that moment was for me. but It was probably when I first saw Lakeith Stanfield and he said that whole, he had the whole, uh, I guess, monologue talking with his girl or whatever. He said the burbs. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a black movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're talking about the very first scene. Yeah, the very you first knew, scene. I was like, oh, gonna are we spoiling it now or not? No, that's the very, very first, first scene. Oh, okay. Really, I mean, at that point. Um, okay. So anybody, anybody me, else? it was a uh, uh, hypnotized scene. Okay, when so he, when he goes, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So nah, I was like, oh, we we just took a left turn. That was mm-hmm. like that was like thirty minutes. It took like thirty minutes, thirty four. I mean, minutes I, I I was. It wasn't that I wasn't into the movie yet, but I just at that point I was like, I think that's right, when the movie that's when it's something oh, different. Okay. Yeah, well, that's when the movie turns into a thriller. Like, yeah. well, maybe mm-hmm. the scene before that it turns into a thriller. You're mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Because mm-hmm. when the guy you see in the trailer, when the guy runs at him, I'm still in this like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> that what? was just perfect for the trailer, man. Yeah, like, you see it in the trailer, like, what the hell is going yeah, on? That's scary <laughs> as fuck. That big black dude like yeah. running towards you in the dark. I'm a black person and. Uh-huh. You know, a big black dude coming at me <laughs> rapidly in the dark like is scary Bettis. as hell. I just, I don't know. I felt like the sinking in part was like we're now owning our weirdness. Mm-hmm. Like the weirdness now has has a weird sense of purpose, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew that's where we were going. I was like, mm-hmm. and it, it's obviously a big part of the film, hip, hypnosis. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I, I just something about that scene told me this is important, and this is gonna be important, right? So you did, but you didn't get that in the trailer, like when you saw that. No, I'm telling you, I, I didn't know what the hell to think about this movie. Okay. The first trailer is very strange. You, you don't know what the hell. You, I'm gonna I go back no and watch it when we're done. You got to. The moment for me when I realized that I was about to really like this movie was when they started showing Chris's art, you know, his photography, uh-huh. and they were playing uh, Childish oh, Gambino, yeah. oh, Redbone. Red Red I flipped, oh, yeah. nigga. When I heard that, I flipped. I was. Mm-hmm. I but went the, full on, like, Yeah, two I was really excited about that, too. But then, too, my friend putting me in the mind frame that it's about the colonized mind, and then he's singing, stay woke. So yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Well, yeah, that's that's when, that's when it kind of clicked for me. I mean, because once you said the colonized mind, once we were talking, you were like, the colonized mind. I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can see that. But, yeah, that was, like, the personification of that moment. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's when it, it, it appealed to all senses for me. And plus, that's, like, that's like one of my favorite albums. But it was very, it like, um, like... It was very like Shakespearean where this it's the like that song serves as like the chorus, like the preamble, like, you know, at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet, the chorus is telling you like a synopsis mm-hmm. of what's about to happen, right. like a warning. It's a warning. And I felt like that's what that was. It was like we're setting the tone here mm-hmm. of what you're about to see without like banging you in the head with it. I felt like that was really beautifully executed and a great use of of soundtracking music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think one of the parts that I started to kind of get into it was when uh, they first arrive at the house, and he's kind of uh, the, the father's giving him a tour of the place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just I like the subtleties in the writing of just what the dad was saying because a lot of this stuff was like, okay, this is not going to end well right. for him at all. Right. Um, so yeah, that part and also the part with the uh, when the brothers introduced that oh, was yeah. the part where I was like, okay, this is gonna go. Yeah. I want to like I want to talk about that so uh-huh. bad. Uh-huh. I was like talking to Corey in the movie, and he was like, mm. uh-huh. <laughs> so. So I guess the last thing that maybe we can sort of talk about um, 
before we start to get into spoiling it is, is talk about performances mm. all right let's talk about performances man like <laughs> I, I i know i've gone on record on an earlier podcast saying that daniel kalua i think that's how you pronounce his name he makes me very uncomfortable when i, I see him on too. screen mm-hmm. and he makes me extremely uncomfortable it's hard to watch the guy um um and this was no different like I was still uncomfortable watching him, but the the reason why I was uncomfortable was because he was uncomfortable. So it's like that uncomfortability mm-hmm. sort of worked in his favor for me. But it wasn't driven by his presence, um, which in in the past when I watched him as Sicario and when I saw him on Black Mirror, it was just like this dude is creepy. Yeah. He wasn't creepy in this movie. Right. He was much more relatable. But there, like you said, it was still a discomfort. But the discomfort came from the tonality of the film and him conveying discomfort right. like purposefully yeah i i feel like that was really good casting i would like there was a couple parts in the movie oh no he's the shit like i'm here for him yeah really no nah, so i, I feel like i more. need to see everything that he does from now on oh okay yeah yeah me too i'm gonna pay attention a lot more he adds to me to the element of like not knowing how to take this film mm-hmm. because the way he reacted early in the beginning it was kind of off to me mm-hmm. it was good but it was it still matched the tone of like everyone else in a way it was just the opposite uh, opposite side of agreed it. yeah agreed you know yeah agreed hmm. because that because I, I, i'm gonna tell you why the the interaction with the police officer mm-hmm. like you know i had i had a i had like a weird exchange there internally because mm-hmm. i was like damn he's just kind of submissive and like oh it's not a- i see but here's the thing i got it and i was just like that was like let's please let's get to the spoilers because well, that was such a metaphor a sp- and it was so real well, life well let's finish talking about performances first oh, well i like allison williams um i, I am a reluctant fan of girls because i think lena dunham is such an interesting and weird and she can be so dope at some moments and then i'm just kind of like what the fuck about her but allison williams is one of my favorite parts of girls um this movie definitely redeemed her from whatever the fuck she was trying to accomplish with Peter Pan. That was so weird. Um, <laughs> and she and she's the main female. Yeah, she's the lead. Right? She's the female lead in the movie. Um, so this is another thing. I knew that this was going to be a good movie based on who was in it. I've never seen Catherine Keener in anything that was that horrible. Like, like right. Catherine Keener's a beast, and so I was like, oh, this isn't going to suck at all. I don't. I feel like she wouldn't have signed on to some bullshit. I can agree. Yeah, so I've never seen her. Catherine Keener is creepy as fuck in this movie without trying really hard. Like, right. I just felt like the performances were really, really good. Yeah. I guess the moral of this, if anybody's, you know, people who are listening, the movie ended up being a good, kind of realistic thriller horror film. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a Key and Peele sketch. I can't say Key and Peele sketch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you. Was was Key, was he involved in this, or was this just Jordan? I don't know. I think it was just Jordan. Jordan. Okay. Maybe as a friend, maybe, but not, I don't know, officially, but... Yeah, just Peele. I mean, you know... I haven't heard his name associated with this project Mm -hmm. at all. Right, right. So maybe we know who the weak link is. Uh, 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 awkward silence, Jesse. But you're smiling. Ooh, maybe he's the weak link. Uh, he's doing so. uh, the predator. Uh, he, what do you mean he's doing the predator? He's an he's act- in the predator. He's an actor in the predator. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not like writing and directing. I don't no, think he directs that. Directed by oh, Shane yeah, Black. Yeah, Shane. Okay, yeah, that's the guy who did the Iron Man three, and then uh, the did... Last Boy Scout, and uh, yeah, he wrote the Last Boy Scout. He wrote. Some other stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because a lot of people are thinking Jordan was like the weak link because Key always gets all these roles or whatnot. Like mm-hmm. he he just did the uh what the NFL honors. Um, he got the Predator. He's been in like a bunch of like TV like uh 
what was you showed me uh fargo fargo well, they yeah. were both in that yeah they were both in mm-hmm. that but he's been doing like a lot of roles and stuff like that so people thought pill like what's he doing i right. don't i don't necessarily attribute that to talent though like i'm gonna be honest i think he's the more attractive of the two of them and that might have a lot to do with it sure I mean, y'all are guys. You're not going to agree with me. Well, no, no, no. I think, I think but from does... from my perspective, you know that that looks matter. And in terms of like being conventionally he's handsome, more he's more he's more marketable. I think he does way like on Key and Peele. I think Key does way more like impressions. Like he does, he's way more. I think his acting talent is better than Peele. You feel like oh, yeah. he has more of a range. Yeah, he has way more range. And as far as the roles in Key and Peele, hold mm-hmm. on, you, Key or Peele? Key. Oh shit! I don't know. See, Peele to me. When man, it appealed to me like he's out of the two, he's the only one when I ever watch their skits, like I forget that it's peel. Like mm. he always get lost in a character. Yeah, I get lost in a character. When he did the one with the uh the Gremlins two pitch. Oh, oh, oh yeah. my god, bro. Oh my I almost <laughs> yeah. lost it, my nigga. Like that was that was hilarious, but we're going down a different path. Um who who played um Allison uh Williams' father? And that was Bradley Whitford, which uh, he came on my he radar. Familiar. He was in yeah. Revenge of the Nerds too. I remember him oh, from wow. that, um, and I've seen him since then. Like I can't say like notable performances of things that he's been in, but that's the first time I remember seeing him as a child. You know who he really reminded me of? Have you guys said? Have any of you guys seen Red State? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, he reminded me of the main cult leader in Red State. That's kind of like the vibe that I got from him. I guess the the cult leader is kind of way more like stiff, I think. And I've seen more yeah, comedic and performances like southern, from this actor than yeah. dramatic. So it was like really interesting to see him here. Yeah, well, see, I'm not I'm not familiar with him. But like, what else has he been in? I couldn't. I said I couldn't tell you off the oh, top yeah, of my head. But when I have seen him, it's been more like. Well, you had a phone in your hand, so I thought you were IMDb in it. Down uh, right I, I was because I needed his name, but I wasn't looking at his his filmography. Yeah. Um. But, oh, he was in Cabin in the Woods, which that, I hated. That's pretty. Yeah, he was. That's but see, that's that's though. a funny movie, yeah. and he was. The, I remember he Cabin was like in the, the guy. Funny? Yes, it is. Um, I mean, it's funny because it sucks, but it's che- it's <laughs> it's cheesy. It's very campy, mm. but he's the guy that's like over the process, um, oh, behind right. the scenes. You know what? You're absolutely okay. right. Yeah, who gets? Well, I don't yeah. want to spoil what who happens cares? to him. Fuck but that it, movie. it was pretty. Okay, he gets oh, he's eat, in he's in Billy Madison. Yeah, he gets eaten by the mermaid at the end. Who is he in Billy Madison? He's the guy that's like opposite Billy. He always plays oh, like the yeah. douchey like yeah. um, Yo, antagonist. That's him. Yeah, he's the douchey Yo. antagonist. I I see him do that more often than he did. Really good at like not being that guy. And the, you know the performances to me were like were very good, man. Like I don't think not one person dropped the ball, and that that's not at that's all. pretty rare that you see a movie and you're like there was no real weak link. Like even. Even down to like the the scene where where the t- where yeah the cop scene where he went to the 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 police station uh-huh. that we'll get to. And, oh, man, and, and I haven't seen her since Living Single. Since Living Single, dog. <laughs> okay. no, well, I, I saw I saw her name in the um in the, in the credits, and I was like, oh okay, here come cousin Pam, like right, right. <laughs> Erica Alexander. I think the last thing that I've seen her in uh, was the. Queen Sugar. She has like a small role in Queen Sugar. I've gotten through two episodes of Queen Sugar. I really need to watch that. It's decent. It's good, man. I mean, I think you'll like the perspective that it comes from. Um, so I think we're past the 15 minute mark for anybody. So, you know, we're officially about to go into spoiling this film. So uh, I know you got the warning at the beginning of the episode. 
Shout but, out to me. Yeah, shout out to Leezy who does that. Um, we're going to give you a good 10 seconds to go ahead and bid your farewell to the podcast and maybe rejoin us after you watch it. It's worth the money. It's worth your time. Go see Get Out. Go see Get Out. Go see Get Out. Do not do not hang do not hang how you feel about this film on the first trailer. If you're anything like me and you saw the first trailer and that's it, don't worry about that. Go see it. It's worth it. And I'm going to give you five seconds to depart. And also, like, the less you know about the movie is probably the better experience you're going to have. Very true. I agree. Right, now that you're out the room, mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's get on to the motherfuckers who have seen Get Out. And Lizzie's repositioning herself. She's crossing a leg. She's going real, oh, Sharon Stone basic instinct on us right now. She's about to go hard. I'm wearing man. panties and pants. I don't know what he's talking about. That was weird. Yeah, well, I didn't mean it like that. She, there you go, bring it in. I don't think they thought that I thought that. I anyway. mean, you say Sharon Stone basic instinct. I said crossing instinct. legs That's and switching when she positions. shows her vagina. All right, man. Anyway. Let's get into this. Go, Lizzie. You want to spoil it? Uh, no, like <laughs> this shit was everything. This movie was every fucking thing. It was so layered. And this, like, it was the wokest thing I've probably ever seen in my fucking life. Mm. Oh my god, really? I don't want to explode. The wokest thing ever. So, oh, so we- when but when the movie started, did y'all get the symbolism with the music and what was going on and the parallels between Lakeith Stanfield's story as opposed to what was going on um, with the the main character, Chris? Yeah, from like abduction. But like it was, they it was slavery. That's what they were oh, showing no, you. So absolutely. at the beginning, like you get this music and they're speaking in some African tongue. I don't know which one it was because I'm not quite that advanced to be able to pick it up. And so like that was that tonality. And the guys like, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's like walking down the street minding his own business, which we know that's not how slavery happened. But still, <laughs> he's like walking down the street minding his own business, like on the phone talking to Bay. And he's like, oh, I'm lost in the suburbs. And like someone comes and abducts him and takes him away. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. That's, yep. But then it happened Slavery to Chris. I feel, But I feel like that was like setting up the idea like that this is what the colonized mind used to be. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into what was going on with Chris, it's like, and this is how we're being colonized now. Right. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so layered and brilliant. And how does he have this mind to even think that way to produce this thing? Like- Right. Oh, it was amazing. Was the the guy I was abducted, abducted in the beginning, was he, he didn't date Rose, right? Yes, he did. He did? If he, you notice. So um, what, he was on the phone with Rose then? He was on yeah, the phone with on, Rose. Okay. And if you notice, um, when uh, Lil Rail, what was his character's name? The the best friend. Oh, I forget. Oh. He was hilarious well, though. Yeah. I, he, yeah, but. <laughs> he was hilarious. But the when TSA he, when, when he's doing um, a search for um, that character's name is Andre. But when he's doing a search for Andre, um, his name is Rod. Rod's doing a search for Andre because he's missing. And when he pulls him up, you can see like that he's in a picture with a white girl and half of her face is cut off and it's Allison Williams. Mm -hmm. So like he definitely dated her too. Yep. So apparently she dated everybody. (laughs) Well, that was what, well, see, that's that symbolism there. (laughs) That scene where she was Googling the most uh the top uh, image. Image. The top <laughs> well, man. well that was a metaphor too like being seduced by whiteness yeah. and like not necessarily well, the white woman but how s- white supremacy works to um like norm to place itself in a position of normalcy that that is the litmus test for normalcy and we're seduced by whiteness that we're so programmed to be attracted to that 
this shit was so deep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, I just looked at I, I looked at that and, and and was like, you know, they pray, they prey upon. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's I mean, you can take just... it that way to take it literally that white women prey on on black men, but that's not the way that I received it. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think it was layered, so maybe there's a double entendre there. But there's definitely a few things here and there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to, that was. I think that was meant to be like funny, like her, like like what's my next victim is you know an NCAA well, yes prospect. Yes, no, but that's that's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't. I don't necessarily know that like white women who are preying on those black men are preying on them to to colonize their minds so much as just you're rich. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but, but that's but an but angle. That's the, yeah, yeah it's not. Angle. But I th- I think it was meant to be funny. But then also too, you know, you fast forward or actually rewind a little bit. The the reference to black is in style, yeah. uh, the Tiger Woods thing, and then that these white people are becoming black. Oh no, and they want to be black. Yeah, so there was like this other layer of like you know you know I, I forgot every time something uh, bad happens in the black community, but it's like it's okay to throw the ball and dance. Like right. there's always this yeah. reference to that. So that's what I took from that. Like white people, we love the the football and we love that you can dance, but. Don't do anything else. <laughs> but, you know, but it's kind of like, like that whole thing. I like looking yeah. for the best slave, the yeah. like the best mm-hmm. uh, product in a way. Yeah, just, yeah, and that was the thing they kept talking about his physical like genetic uh, yeah. superiority. His like that, this is what black mm-hmm. people going for them have going for them is their 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 physical mm-hmm. um, abilities, not not our intellect, not the fact that we're just people like everybody else. But, but everybody else was. It seemed like uh, the other guy. He was a jazz musician. And then he was a mm-hmm. photographer, right. mm-hmm. so it's like there was another layer too of like just oh, I'm, yeah. and I'm gonna physical ability. I'm gonna yeah. the guy that plays the groundskeeper, he was a runner, yeah. and so mm-hmm. that was the thing like to put that into perspective. His father, mm-hmm. his the grandfather. I figured that out though. Like at a certain point, I was like, oh, the house servants have become black, and they're the, mm-hmm. the grandparents. See, I, I didn't I didn't catch that until it happened. I figured it out. Um, before she's when when we when they were playing the video when, yeah, at the I end when that. he's sitting there and he's talking about the method oh, and he wow. at the beginning he like says they came to take care of our grand of our of our right. parents yeah. and so I'm like oh those those are the grandparents yeah. once I that happened I, I realized what what was going on yeah I, I realized that. that too but that was also why he was running at night yeah. he was running because the grandfather was a runner right. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. so enamored by the physical prowess of black men because he had been beaten by Jesse Owens. And the, mm-hmm. and the dad's like, he almost got over it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, so they, so it was really, uh, I want to take your gifts from you. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, it was, it was literally raping the black culture. Like, well, like, it's culture like, vulture. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, these like, are the, that's like, the yeah, I want to leave all the of culture. the other parts of your blackness behind right. too. Man, this movie was deep as hell. It was deep as shit. Yo. How did you guys feel about the whole bingo <laughs> auction scene? Oh my God. Listen, I mean, yeah, I, I'll let somebody else take the floor with that. That shit was crazy. I mean, that reminded me fuck. of like, uh, like slavery when they used to like bid and things like that it reminded me of slavery but you also have to think about it from the perspective of like what they were after after the fact because when i was watching that part of it i was thinking the same thing as you Corey. i was like oh this is a slave auction they're bidding on him right and i think it was meant to convey that yeah but then if you think about it from the angle of what we were just talking about of these people being so enamored with black talent that's a real thing too. You're mm-hmm. you're auctioned off to the highest bidder when you're an athlete and when you're an entertainer. Yep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When you're a musician, that's the way that that fucking goes yeah, too. Well, that's yeah, exactly it reminded me exactly of like the NBA draft, like an mm-hmm. NFL draft, like go. a combine or something like that, like mm-hmm. a combine. 
and 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 everything before that was you know i guess the exhibition of the specimen you know like mm, you know like being I'm on saying? a slave block yeah. yeah it was oh man that was crazy and, you know and, the, and before that scene they took him around and introduced him to everybody exactly and, and, you know i thought so. those exchanges were very interesting because i've had exchanges like that in real life like when she walks up to him and is like grabbing him mm-hmm. so like i said after the fact it started to roll in my head like she was touching him in the same way that when they were on the slave block mm-hmm. like looking in their mouth and their teeth and you know what I mean saying okay like are you gonna breed well like that kind of thing so she's like examining him that way to see like you know um is she gonna bid on him as as a a slave I guess Mm -hmm. but also like in real life I've had that experience it's just like oh I'm gonna I want to I want to touch you and Mm -hmm. it's fucking weird but it wasn't like out of the realm of possibility the fact that he was so taken aback by it was like also kind of interesting to me because I'm like my dude this never happened to you in real life Mm -hmm. it's definitely happened to me I've seen it I've seen that I've seen a black guy be standing there being normal and a white person being like oh my god and just like walking up and feeling him up and I'm like the fuck Mm. that's it's not weird um but they were playing it like it was satirical in the in the movie but i'm like nah this shit's real real life this happens every day right well so did you feel like did you guys feel like they were trying to say something with his reactions to everything like like oh hell yeah you know there's people you know sometimes there's people that are like excessively woke and they're like everything's a conspiracy theory do you feel like they were kind of playing to that a little bit with like his you know the phone and you know something's going on like and everything was sort of normalized do you feel like they were trying to talk about that a little bit so i think like consciousness and wokeness is like a, a thing that they were playing to very subtly which is a thing that they do in westworld too the language of consciousness and and being asleep and being awake and waking up mm-hmm. it's the same thing that i was seeing here the themes Could, did you did you notice they kept saying to um the maid and the groundskeeper you just need to get some rest right yeah. and i was like yep. oh shit <laughs> like, yep. like i hear you and then what you were saying about um the conspiracy like rod he was supposed to be like the conscious black man mm-hmm. that's what he was supposed to be without like beating you in the head with it and then when he went to talk to other black people about these things that he knew were true <laughs> and they were laughing at him yeah. i was like this is real life that's real it was hilarious but it was so so real though man like ooh, it's like it just oh like i don't know i just keep like oh because it's so, that movie hit on, on the head in so many different from so many different vantage points it hit it right on the fucking head and then made a joke about it you know what i'm saying so that way you're able to i guess maybe digest it a little bit better mm-hmm do you think that's what made it okay? The fact that there was the humor kind of injected in it? Like if it was a straight Absolutely. on horror film where like the white people were just evil. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty fucking evil. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're, but you're sold on the mm-hmm. fact that this is a little different, mm-hmm. you know, from the trailer. Yeah. I think that's what the first trailer did for me. Is that This is a, just a little off. It's not meant to be taken as like a... It's meant to be serious, but it's not meant to be. I, I can't think of the well, word. Well, see, I think the humor is used honestly to 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 sort of like make to make white people not run out of the theater. <laughs> I think that's how the humor. That's how I felt like the humor was being used mm-hmm. is to get is to because otherwise, like you're kind of just it's just a little too much. If like you're, I would imagine if I was a white person that like doesn't really subscribe to this or didn't really see that hadn't seen that portion of life or never thought about that portion of life like this shit would be a little too heavy for me like yo let me get the fuck out of here before the revolution as we were walking out of the theater though i was saying to you like i don't as much as we were taking away from that like and how we're talking about all the metaphors that were there 
I don't know that everyone watches movies the same way that we do in terms of absorbing and recognizing a metaphor when they see it. So I don't know that everyone would experience that movie and take away from it what we did. I feel like a lot of people would, mm -hmm. but I don't know that everyone would. And I definitely think your culture and your background influences the lens with which you absorb art. I can agree to that. And I'm very curious if someone from another culture picked up on all of the, the cues that we did. I'm very curious. See, I mean, and Corey doesn't count because Corey's woke as fuck. But right. but, but did you... Did, <laughs> he just I threw mean, up the soul brother. <laughs> the soul brother, the fist, <laughs> the black power fist. <laughs> but but did you though, Corey? Did you, did you gather what was happening from the rip? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, yeah. I mean, just the fact that the... The one who Key and Peele, I have such a hard time saying it. Key and Peele are the the movie, the the whole guess who's coming to dinner. Like I just, I knew we were gonna go down this road somehow, some way. That but, like you know maybe not all the angles, but the ones you know definitely some form of black and white culture issues. Right, but did you did you make the connections to slavery specifically in eventually in the movie? Eventually, okay. Yeah, not in the trailer by any means. But yeah, yeah no, yeah, in the yeah. oh yeah, there's all I mean everything we've talked about as it came through. I was like, okay, this is a reference to slavery. Oh, this is a reference to this, reference right. to that. Like, yeah, I mean, I I get it. I just imagine like some random white people in Minnesota who are probably scratching their heads right now. Like, who went to go see it? I don't even think they need to be in Minnesota. It was probably some random white people in the theater with us scratching yeah, their like heads. Just scratching their head. Like, what? I thought we were going to go see a horror movie. Right. Oh, so, you did, though. Yeah, you, you saw a real yeah. life horror movie. Yeah. And to me, and to me, this is what real horror looks like. Real. I've never seen Michael Myers in my fucking life. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, even well, he was just a crazy dude. Yeah, but. He, but, but what, this is tangible horror. Like, how many times have you been around, like, a group of white people and you're like, yo, I feel, I definitely feel like I don't need to be in this motherfucking place right here. I or what, what, yeah. <laughs> like, Corey actually, talks I, about having those experiences a lot. I actually really have, but that's for another podcast. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> no, I mean, I think this is the one, but. Yeah, this might be specifically the mm -hmm. one, but yeah, that that's real horror, man, like, you know, considering the history and, and things of that nature, but I, the reason why I feel like not as many people didn't, like, I feel like more people got it than you think. Mm -hmm. At least I'm, I would put my money. I would put my chips. I hope on that. more people got it because yeah. I think it's something we definitely needed to explore. Well, see, I put my chips on that because they specifically made references to it. Like if 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 Chris's character and his girlfriend's character and the the family, if everybody danced around, you know, like uh, like the conversation that him and the father were having when they, he was like, "I know what you're thinking, white people, black servants," you know what I'm saying? I don't like the way it looks either. That whole conversation, like if they had tiptoed around that, I could see how people maybe missed that. But they, it's like they they talked about it. They talked about. The, you know, they didn't shy away from race, from the race conversation at all. And I think that's what made it OK to like go in this to, to to come in here and to get this lesson, because it we we had the conversation about it. There was a conversation. You saw that you saw their perspective. You saw, you know, now here's what I here's what I think. Here's what I think more than people didn't get it. I think. um I think there's probably a lot of white people that got it and was like, well, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I but mean, it, I think they, they, some of that may have rolled off of some people. So like to, to use what you're saying as an example, they presented themselves as liberals. And I think that he was making a point there too, to say that people shroud themselves in liberalness and mm -hmm. they're still racist as fuck and contribute to these, these systems of oppression. Right. And that's what I think he was trying to say there. So I don't know that that, 
that that comes back out of the processor the way that it it maybe is intended. Well, you know what's crazy to me, and I know you're gonna you're gonna try to slam me so hard on this, but I, I really don't give a fuck, Lizzie. I really don't. Um, the crazy part is, just like slavery, I don't think it was. I don't I don't think this was specifically about racism or like white supremacy. I think it was actually. I think it was. I think this was more of the message on slavery, which was like we you know they they perceive us as so physically capable and j just so capable that they want to use us to get what they need but that's what slavery was boo yeah that's what slavery was but that's different than racism you understand no, what i'm saying no 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 it's not about intent racism is always about effect and i think that's what people get caught up in and i you and i had this conversation about how people perceive racism as this thing that has to have a element of hate that I'm racist when I hate you. No, you're racist when you have uh, actions that disproportionately negatively impact me. It doesn't matter what your fucking intention is. It doesn't matter. If mm. you disproportionately negatively affect me, right. that's just racist. Well, this is one of those times where we should just see what Webster has to say about, <laughs> about what <laughs> well, racism no, to be, actually no, is. Well, to be fair, though, th that's not that's what you're defining. Ra Webster defines racism from a white perspective. Webster is the little black midget dude that was on. We don't the TV use show. slurs. I'm we don't sorry, use I'm ableist sorry. slurs. I'm we don't sorry. use the M word. I, I anyway, I apologize, midget. I'm, I didn't mean midget. I, I just said just it little I person. Know. I don't. I, I mean, I'd love to talk to him about it, but I think Peel. I would wrote, love to talk to him too. I think he wrote down a a list of issues that have you know in the black community and white america and all that other cool stuff and made a horror movie out of it you know some of the he stuff had some that, shit to say yeah like he had something to say it's like there's some stuff that goes together there's some stuff that doesn't it's it's just like it's like constantly jumping in and out of different layers of issues right so okay yeah. so let, you know what let me kind of curtail my 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 argument okay because when i think about racism i like modern day racism i the the term that's very you know, synonymous to that is white supremacy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I don't look at this as like pro white supremacy. You understand what I'm saying? It's anti white supremacy. The movie is. Yeah. So so that's why I was like, I don't think it's about racism. But let me tell you about what who. Well, what is white if supremacy if it's not racism? No, see, white supremacy to me is racism. That's yeah, but white supremacy doesn't have to have an element of hate, my brother. That's what I'm telling white you. White supremacy doesn't have to have an, an element, element of hate. hate. What white supremacy is is the normalization of whiteness as 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 normal. Like white is normal, and everything else that's not white well, is other and beneath it. Right, but see, I think I think just like um, I think de facto it kind of turns into a hate thing. If you look at something that's like, if you depend if, on hate to see racism, you gonna you gonna miss it every time. No, I'm not saying that I'm depending on hate to see racism. What I'm saying is that like. There is a there is a different like, OK, let me read this definition. Let me get to that, because it kind of goes to your point and it kind of goes to my point as well. OK, so the definition. I, don't, I mean, this, I'm, we're going to we're going to preface this with saying that white people don't get to define racism and Webster doesn't get to define racism for me. But go ahead. Duh, we, <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we got to go by what the definition of it is. No, that's, we don't. We, no, we don't. But go ahead. <laughs> oh my, well, there's no point in going on this I, conversation. I, 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 I want I want the person the who no, because I want the person who from a sociological perspective on racism to define racism we don't get to have the watered down version of what the powers that be agreed on it, it is like that's that's what language matters it does matter i'm just telling yeah, you like you you that's like but you're saying language matters and then you turn around saying the definition of a word but that's that's, that's and who agreed like, that that's the definition of that word so you so language 
So the root of language matters is what you're trying to say. The etymology and the root of language matters. And the person who coined the term is who should be defining it for you, not Webster. Most so, of the time, Webster Webster makes some things. Right. But we'll our, have a conversation but, but outside people, of this because we're rabbit holing. But yeah, we are. But it, it's it kind of it, I think I think it very well goes. You're to learning history from the oppressor here. right now. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> like, well, we'll should, find me the black definition of racism. It's not about right? a black definition. It's a sociological term. And oh, that in the Webster Lord. version is oversimplified. Anyway, but somebody, go ahead. Somebody put handcuffs on this girl <laughs> right now. So anyway, the definition here of racism, prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed against someone of different race based on the belief that one's race is superior. So I do believe it goes to your point, you know, and in, in, in that, what you're that saying. definition does not address systematic um, racism, just yeah, so you well, know. But go ahead. This, that's that's it is a noun. Dog, you know, every definition has every word has like multiple definitions. This is just the first one. This is the noun. That's definition. That's, that's of racism. racism. Okay. Well, I mean, systematic racism is a noun, too. That's a, that's I do a words. Too. Don't do this that, with me. I thought that was a verb. <laughs> that would be a verb. That's an action, right? No. Systematic racism. No, would, systematic would verb, racism is it? also a noun. I, yeah. Okay. Because well, it's shit. a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It just has a. It's an institution. Oh, it has a true. different definition. But it's also an action word, right? No. Because you, because you attribute it years. So what do you? Okay. The acts, the, the things that contribute saying. to systematic racism are verbs, but in saying. and of itself, it's a thing. But it's a pronoun, so let's. You know, no, let's, ism is say. always a verb. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, not a verb, ism, a noun. Oh, oh it's always a noun. It's always a noun. Okay. All right. Cool. So no, I mean that's the only definition I'm gonna read out because it, apparently this conversation is gonna go nowhere with that one. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I think it really just plays to both of our points, and, and, and what I'm saying is that like. For anybody who doesn't pick up, uh, for anybody who doesn't pick up a dictionary to like to say what is racism, I think I think it's I think they're I think the word that they're going to attribute to it is hate. You understand what I'm saying? Is like hate, and I didn't well, take the, it the, as the, like the beliefs of the belief of superiority. Like I agree that that's an element to it, but again, that that speaks to intention instead of effect. Okay. So uh, that it, that's muddy for me too, but it doesn't say hey to your point. But the common belief that I in, outside of Webster's definition, I'm going to be fair. Webster's definition is not completely off base, but there's there's some there's some gaps there. Well, um, but you, you got to bring to the table the real definition then, and within the source of this real definition, you can do the Google's no. on your own. That's not my job. But <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> so, we want to give people the bases, otherwise they're going to they at can Webster's do the Google too. It's not this is not my job anyway. Yeah. But well, you got to cite these things. That is your job as a writer nah, is to cite nah, things, right? I don't. That's not what I do. You write papers without. I don't have Citations? to cite things. I give instructions okay. and I'm instructing All you right. to do the fucking Google. So my whole point about the, everything that I was saying is that I could see how a white person would look at this and feel like this is not racism. That was That's my whole point. That's mm -hmm. my whole point. So you want to argue that? I, no, you're, you're saying the same thing that I said. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying the same fucking thing. I think in a stereotypical, if you go with the stereotypical definition of racism, I don't feel the film touched a lot on that. In terms of hatred? No, I don't think you touched on that. Uh, but I think that's the point. Uh, Be because that that is what I'm saying, that yeah. racism doesn't necessarily have to have an element of hatred. Sometimes it does, but more often, most of the time, it doesn't. Yeah. So so you didn't feel the racism element at all? The hatred. Not really. No. See? That's, you didn't feel racism or you didn't feel hatred? Both. See? Wow. I, that's what I'm trying to tell you, Lizzie, but you're too busy being pro-black. I'm, I'm trying to I'm tell you I'm always busy being pro-black. Yeah. There's never a moment yeah, yeah, that I'm breathing you, and that's you know, not happening. It, but, but part of being part of being a good human being is putting yourself in other people's shoes. I'm I'm talking to him and I'm asking. Good. The, you the guys strongest converse. the two strongest themes were colonization and the desire for 
the black culture's elements. See? But not, you know, the undesirable elements. Right. Yeah. What are the undesirable I don't elements? know. I'm just saying that there are white people who this is, feel that. So they like feel before, that there are desirable elements and undesirable well, elements. Well, here, because that's weird, too, because here's the thing. Um, talking about, like, the grandmother and the grandfather, they kept them black. You understand what I'm saying? It's not like they, it's not like they kept the shell of the white. They were dispelling the white bodies, and they were putting the black brain in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they actually they were actually keeping the morsel of... Yeah, yeah, you, you know what I'm but saying. But that's but yeah. that but that's the point. That's the thing that they had they admire about black people. It's not our intellect. It's not our culture. It's our our artistic and physical abilities. Well, artistic is is cerebral though. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought an interesting part in the film was remember when the girl was filling up uh, the main character, and her husband was in the wheelchair. He was like an old dude or whatever like that. So I could see if they were gonna like be purchasing a new black person or a new body like that's the type of person they would want so mm-hmm. i feel like that kind of touches on that a little bit mm-hmm. that well to me it helps mm-hmm. there was a part in the video where he said like yeah you know i don't care about black. it or i i it, it wasn't about because i thought that too i was like well you know if you went down a racist way it would be why do you want to be in a black body because mm-hmm. they believe that they're that we're physically superior yeah, so but he says in the video something that alludes to i mean yeah physical superiority like it's a, it's cool like that outweighs it's the new trend it's the new trend mm-hmm. it outweighs being in a black body so that's where i said i didn't feel racism because racism to me would be if you win an angle of like i don't want to be in a black body right it's like cause I don't, but I, in I don't real want, I, that was a metaphor too yeah, I mean, there's a lot in, of metaphor. In real life, yeah. yeah. The movie is a, a, a 24-layer cake of, yeah. like, you know, all these things. So there's, I don't think there's going to be one specific thing we're going to get from this film. There's just, multi, it touches on so many different ways in different times of the film. Hmm. I thought you wanted to say something, oh. Martin. <laughs> yeah, well, the guy, so the, so specifically, right, the, the when he was talking to the blind art dealer mm-hmm. right um he said specifically he was like it's not about you being black like i don't give a fuck about exactly. that he was like i i want your eye mm-hmm. like your eye is so supreme mm-hmm. that that's what the fuck i'm doing this for with you that's why you're valuable to me is your eye that was a metaphor too it was a metaphor for what <laughs> um in terms of being being able to cultivate what is culturally significant and what is cool and so as an art dealer you have to be able to um like see and that's the thing he's a blind art dealer right and yeah. at one point he could see and at one point he could do that and he lost that ability and the the culture of cool in the united states at one point was a thing that white people controlled and now they can't do it anymore and they use us to be tastemakers so like it is the same thing yeah, yeah but <laughs> and also yeah. remember him saying how um like he sent in a bunch of images to national geographic and can never get it in like right. he wanted his talent he wanted his talent because mm-hmm. yeah. he didn't have it anymore mm-hmm. yeah I mean, uh, agreed, but I guess what I'm trying to... I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I'm, apparently, your metaphor is a, is, is a hell of a lot deeper than an, I absorbed it. Well, we've established that I go deeper than you a lot, and you're like, I don't think it's that deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, it is no, to I me, though. There. There's uh-huh. a lot of things Yeah, I mean, that the movie touched on. Yeah, no, no, I'm yeah. talking about this specific incident of mm-hmm. a blind art dealer. I agree. Like, but he the, went blind. He, he, he wasn't born blind, yeah, so yeah, he, he had blind. the talent at one point, and then he was no longer connected to it, so now... Now he's using yeah. this. He's wanting to use this but black is, person is, to get that connected this back. Is that always a black and white thing or is that a young and old thing as well? It can be. Okay. But I mean, I think from from the message of this movie, it was a black thing. 
Well, he said specifically, it's not because you're black. Well, I think a lot of people believe that. But the well, other messages in the movie was that it's very trendy to be black. But a black man wrote this, though. Mm -hmm. So I'm, we're speaking about words that a black man wrote. And we're looking at his point of view. It's not because you're black. It's because but he you're wrote, talented. He wrote words for a white man to say. But honestly, I agree with <laughs> I, I think this is where the what I really liked about the movie mm -hmm. is that there are t multiple layers to one thing. Mm -hmm. You, I agree with you, and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. There's to me, you can look at it the same way. It all goes into the overall theme of the movie. Right. Is that there's just different layers to this shit. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree to that. Um, like, I don't think there's a wrong interpretation. Everything I don't you think said, there's a wrong uh, interpretation of it either. Yeah. And and that back to you know, which we like to keep touching on, back to mm -hmm. like Arrival. That was the message in that movie about. Um, the your experiences being through a certain lens, mm -hmm. um, based on your cultural frame of reference, mm -hmm. and so I think that having seen that before this, obviously I was thinking about that when I was sitting of there. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, I think that that's on purpose. Right. So, do you feel like Jordan Peele was trying to say that white people are evil? No, no, no. Okay. I, I think he just wanted to make a horror movie, and he was like, "Hmm, if I'm gonna make it realistic." What are black people afraid of? White what are people. black people afraid of? What, in some instances, I mean, white people. That's like a realistic fear for some for some black people. I feel a like, lot of black people. Yeah, and I feel like that's the starting point. So it's like, okay, well then what avenues can I go to exploit that and craft a kind of story around it? And I feel like that's why I kind of thought going into is that w was what the story was going to be about. It was about it was going to be about um, you know white people being um, like slave owners in some sort of way. It seemed like there was going to be a modern slavery thing. That's what I got from the trailer at mm -hmm. least. Um, but yeah. Um, so let's talk about the brother mm -hmm. then. I know mm -hmm. we had talked about the brother sec uh, a while <laughs> back. Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I laugh when you said that. Oh uh, yeah, he was really channeling his young Brad Pitt, like really? the yeah. way he acted. Like mm -hmm. watch younger Brad Pitt stuff. He was trying to act like Brad Pitt. He oh, came wow. across to me as like Brad Pitt in the movie Seven, like yeah, that. That's like, what he was doing. Yeah, you know, like the, you yeah. know, like just you know. I got this you. kid wants to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> like that's. They need to put it's him in the obvious. purge. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty creepy. <laughs> the way he talked, talk, that, the way he looked, the hair, like the, the it's his like mannerisms, all messy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, yeah. That dinner scene was like one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though. Mm. For what For what reason? I don't know, just his performance. And I guess... I mean, I'm not mad at... His name is Caleb Landry. I'm not mad at Caleb. I've seen him before, and I, I don't remember exactly in what, but I feel like he kind of set the tone and kind of telegraphed what was coming. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they were all trying to play it cool because they had a plan and he couldn't wait. So I felt like that was, that was him um, being like the neo-Nazi trope. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was like, everybody else is like, everybody else's, y'all don't want to use the word racism, but everybody else's racism was like very systematic. And his was, yeah, his was like, it. I'm an, I have to prove that I can physically overpower you. And he was yeah. wanting to fight him at the table. Mm -hmm. If there was one element that I could say was like classic racism, that would be it. Mm -hmm. He would represent that. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Agreed. He just, his, his was out in front. And the thing was like, they were all trying to achieve their goal through mm -hmm. like psychology mm -hmm. and medicine. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, like, and I mean, he was just like, and well, and sex, mm -hmm. and he was like coming from the angle of like I can prove to you that I can be more violent and physically overpowering to you. Also, 
he was the one that abducted um, the yeah. Keith yeah. at the beginning, and oh, he was wearing like that, that, that mask, mask, and it was okay. like it was like a it was like a knight's mask, and mm. I felt like that was like a wink and a nod to the Crusades and Christian imperialism. Like I seen all kind mm. of stuff watching this movie. Right. I can agree to that. Mm. And his car was white. His car was white. He's on. A, he's <laughs> no, he has a white horse. Mm-hmm. Anti-viral. I'm, that's right. Wow. I, yeah, I could yeah. see the white horse. Yeah, yeah the white horse. Yeah, the, yeah. there wasn't. A I'm not deep all no, the time, a, y'all. Yeah, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. But that uh, Porsche wouldn't have a reference to a horse. Oh, oh, what is it? Ferrari. Ferrari's a horse. Oh, okay. I see, man. But oh. it's white. It's a mode of transportation. Yeah, uh, he's, the knight. Yeah, helmet. he's he's a knight coming in on a white horse to mm-hmm. fuck you up. So I mean, like. <laughs> He's not here to save you. Right. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a lot. There's going a on. lot happening there. There's a lot going on. And then too, you have to think that he was the one. And like I said earlier, if you think about it from the perspective that um, Lakeith Stanfield's character Andre represented like Africans before colonization, and then he came through like with this wink and a nod to like Christian imperialism that you don't see till later. Mm. Like when he abducts him, I'm like, ooh, this shit is deep. Right. And they made references to his clothes like two or three times. You know, he's from Brooklyn. You don't dress like that. Like, right. I mean, to me, that's where I got that too. Like you, you've been taken and assimilated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You better, yep. you better preach, Corey. Yeah, taken and assimilated. You've been hanging around Leezy way too long. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Corey right. was woke before I got here. Yeah. Or was he? Or was he? I, he's he's always I've observed Corey on social media like for saying, years. I he's I been woke like before I got here. I didn't do this he? to him. I just like saying I've been accused of doing he? that to people of of, of Dude, being the alarm clock out here. Stop but oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my favorite scene, if we're talking about favorite scenes, was the hypnosis scene. The 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 very first hypnosis scene mm-hmm. for you know for uh, a a lot of different reasons. The I think the style and how it was done. Mm-hmm. The you know. From a filmmaker's perspective, it was really it, it it took a lot of like um it 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 took a lot of it it really brought you into it the emotion of it the the emptiness of it the disconnection you know the emotion the just sunk that, in place yeah, yeah it really took you there like from a sensibility standpoint um and and yeah and then just you know the mother she was so fucking evil man but she mm-hmm. was just like it was so subdued oh my god like that's just so that's a metaphor too yeah <laughs> i, I want to hear your metaphor on that because so, i agree with you so throughout history like the slave mistress is like um oftentimes i'm sorry um characterized as like this harmless as this harmless figure mm-hmm and a lot of times that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm. She was just very stealthy as opposed to being violent. Because it was shadowed in, I want to help you. I want to help you get rid of your problem, which right. was smoking. You know, like, come on in. Let me I'll, help you. Mm-hmm. you know? and, and, yeah. I, I'm wondering, too, I can't quite place where uh, Chris's mom played into this. Well, I think that the story about, you know, I guess she got hit and run and she died on the side of the road. It was that he could have done something to help her and he and he and he stood on the sidelines and and watched because he was paralyzed. Run that back to me because when he was talking to um, Rose at the waterfront, I couldn't really understand him. I knew he was kind of implying that something happened. He could have done something. What was the explanation? I couldn't. So his mother was killed in a car accident and. She didn't come home when she was supposed to, yeah. and he didn't, he didn't call, call the police. Right. He didn't. He didn't sound the alarm okay. that something was wrong. But okay. had he done that, she may have lived. Okay. And something could have been done earlier. He was playing video games or something. Yeah, well, she may have well, lived. No, no, no. She, he said that he didn't do it because he felt like making that call would have made that real. Mm-hmm. Like he was just scared to face what was 
actually happening. What was actually happening. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. Message. So, so yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was, he came off of very, as very, like, passive. Like, you know, that's, that's what I took from the interaction with the, with the police officers. Like, oh, you know, I'm very, like, you know, pacifist. Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't think that was it so much as he was, he was not wanting to rock the boat. That's, that's exactly how I, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when I know when I say that, like, I think he was, I think he was not unaware that what the cop was doing was inappropriate, but I think it was that he was not wanting to rock the blo- the boat. And then like she white-splained it. Right. It, it was a whole lot going on. She used her privilege to speak over him and instead of allowing him to like handle it himself and felt very proud of herself for doing it. Well, but- I interpret that. Uh, well, I could see that interpretation. I interpreted it as the, you know, he's like, look, this isn't new. This yeah, no, no I got that too. I'm black. This isn't really new. I'm just going to get my ID over and we're going to get through this. I thought the way that he reacted was very interesting because like, and, and not not in that moment, I didn't think him just handing over his ID like, you know, I'm going to be docile and get through this. I didn't think that was weird. Mm-hmm. What I thought was weird was when she like came in like, I'm saving you. I'm your savior. Um, he just was real appreciative of it. And I'm like, Ooh, see they, but see her explanation for it. I feel like was very like, I'm one of the good ones. No, it was, no, she said specifically. I'm with you on that. I interpreted I'm one of the good ones. No, she said, yeah, she said specifically, I'm not letting nobody fuck with my man. Okay. My wife does that now. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That's why it's so uh, subtle, my brother. (laughs) But my wife is black though. I know that. And I, and I know that, but, but ultimately you know what type of person she was so oh yeah that's for sure i mean but that so the problem was bigger than that regardless mm-hmm. of the you know because you know the we don't know why the cop was asking for the id the cop could have been asking for the id because a lot of people have gone missing and something really he knows that there's something with black and white connection you know they they never got into that like you're like, right though that's an interesting angle yeah, to look at yeah that's what it i'm from. saying it's it's like we don't know the cop's reasoning for asking for that id because we never got to that point because she quote unquote saved him. But she didn't honestly, want the cop to look at his ID but, because if he was fucking missing later. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. But, but so, so, so that's what I'm saying. So the point, so, so she wasn't, so it's not, it can be looked at as like she was trying to save him from the police officer, but really she was trying to, cover her own tracks Mm -hmm. you understand what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so it's like that but but, okay and she was his savior right but he and he was so appreciative but in the end that's what the goal she was working towards wasn't really to help but he wasn't appreciative because she was a white savior he was appreciative he didn't know what was happening though that's what i'm saying he was he was so seduced by her but you're looking at you're looking at it like you're looking at it like we're looking at it which is looking back no, but when you can see the bigger picture, you understand that, and that's true in real life too. So if you were to if you were to get into a situation with your significant other, you would want him to, you would not want him to be appreciative if like if you helped him out of a situation. So I will say this: I'm not a black man, right? And I am not I'm not dark skinned either. So what I do know is that I experience blackness in a very way that is specific to me mm-hmm. and how I go through things. I know that when I was in high school, I had a very dark skinned boyfriend who used to get stopped by the cops on his way to my house all the time. That never happened to me. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So in that situation, because it does not happen to me, I am really ill-equipped to tell him how it should go. Mm -hmm. And I also know that part of being, and this is me and how I interpret gender roles, but part of being a good um, girlfriend is allowing your man to be a man. And I would not step over my man and how he wanted to handle that situation because I don't know all the ways that it can go left 
And he probably does because he's been through it before. So no, I wouldn't have handled that situation the way she did at all. So as woke as well, I am, I'd have let I'd have let my man handle it the way that he felt safe handling it, right. and I'd have left that shit alone. There's two oh, different. Wow. I, I as the theme of the movie for me has been layers. I could see the whole, you know, I'm gonna save him. I could see that angle, but I could also see, due to my experience in interracial dating, uh, naiveness. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's a because yes, standing up for your loved one is an admirable thing to do sometimes. Right. But he was playing it like, look, I mean, this is I, I know how to handle this. There's mm-hmm. an easy way out of this. Where like in sometimes I feel like in some of my history of interracial dating, there there there's been naiveness to things that are happening. Right. It's it's you're experiencing it differently. She if it was that route, she's experiencing that event differently than he is and but see the thing is the difference is with me i'm aware of that and so i'm not going to intervene i'm going to make sure that he is comfortable in that moment with how it has been handled because that could have gone all the way left she could have done that and that cop could have beat his ass that's a real possibility too that's for sure and because i know that like i would just let my man handle it i wouldn't have done that but right that's to me i'm gonna go always what i i really like this movie i actually genuinely really like this movie right and i just love the fact that they're multiple scenes throughout the entire film that there's four to five different ways to look at it. Right. And I just love it. I think it's a really good film. Yeah. I guess the way I looked at it is like growing up when you get stopped by the cops it's kind of always cool to have like a white dude in the car especially if he's driving because it's like I don't know just not being with me. nothing with <laughs> well not with you. But, have yeah. you had that experience Corey? Yeah. I want to um, hear about that after Mark okay. explains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah well it's like all all your homies all like black people in the car it's like sometimes the cops treat you much differently than it's just like oh a white dude he got an ODU ID or something like that and y'all just chilling and not doing nothing even if you did something wrong it's like nicer to have that guy there that could like be a barrier between you and the police right. in a sense and I, that's kind of how I took that situation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, in those situations where we we got off, it was like nothing happened, nothing really bad happened. I was kind of appreciative that the white person was there. To so like, I have a question right. though, because I'm thinking about that in terms of the movie now. Do you think that in those situations you feel like there was a way that the white person could talk to a cop that you couldn't necessarily talk to a cop and they could get away with it? Because I felt like that's what happened in the movie too. I felt like I she mean, could get away with talking to the cop that way, and he couldn't have. I mean, absolutely. Like that's pretty much how. I, I think I was raised and a lot of people was raised like you talk to cops a certain way like even learning that from like nine years old and onward it's like this is how you talk to police you always use respect you don't like reach for stuff because I've, I've been stopped by police my family's been stopped by police so it's like you and you already know like that can be your last <laughs> right. your last moments in a sense so you gotta be you gotta be smart you gotta be very very careful with your words and how you act and even how you look like don't even like stare at them yeah, this is a rabbit hole I wow. can dive into. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I want to hear about your experience, like on the other side of that, though. Like, um, well, well, first, let me, no? say, first no? let me say, me and Corey have been stopped and searched by the police together. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, so hands on. The so I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a full blown witness that they don't give a fuck about him being white. No, but what, <laughs> what, what I'm, I'm, I'm going to counter with that is that it's happened with you and it's happened with Marcus and uh, traveling. What it's caused is that they don't think we're friends, and that's an alarm. Like hmm. I, I mean, right. they my, think that we, you're in distress, my, or no, no. They, they, all the times this happened between me and him and then Marcus, they think drugs are involved. 
Yeah. Oh. Because honestly, sometimes you think it's the way you look. So they think that you're, you're buying drugs from them. My stereotypical appearance of sweaters and collar shirts and his Crooks and Castle sweatshirt doesn't look <laughs> like we're supposed to be friends. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's happened with him. They're stereotyping both of you. Yeah. They're stereotyping, yeah, they're stereotyping yeah. both of us. So what's happened a few times is when we travel with as Visink, when we go down 95 in North Carolina, I, I we, we we place bets on whether we're going to get stopped. Damn. Because what happens is they pull up, they pull you over for no signal, whatever. And they, they make all you get out of the car and they question us. They separate us. They question us. And because when – I'm not going to generalize. I don't know what state troopers are trained to do. But when state – I'm assuming when they looked at us, they go, white guy, a black guy, and a Mexican? Like, what, what, like those – they couldn't be friends. They must be doing drugs or selling drugs. Mm. So it, it's happened multiple times. But back to his point, too, about how you handle police. I remember the last time it happened. Now, I'm lighthearted. And I know we're not dealing drugs. So we're on the side of the road and I'm joking around with the state troopers. Like, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, can I, can I search your car? Like, I'm not being a jerk. I'm just joking around. Marcus and Mike looked at me like, shut the hell up. We could die because you're acting like this. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I was in the mode like, I haven't done anything wrong. It's not illegal for me to talk to a state trooper. Mm. And it's not illegal for me to joke around because nothing has happened yet. We're literally just standing on the side of the road. They're questioning us. And you're like, they're going to see that nothing's wrong and we're yeah, going to go about our day. Wrong and we're going to move on. As long as Mike and Marcus don't do something stupid, like run away, <laughs> like which I'm assuming they're not. But is that stupid though? Or is that like a normal reaction I, being, to fear? I'm being, <laughs> so, I, I, know, I know what you're saying though. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting there going, I'm confident that me and my friends are not drug dealers. There's nothing in the car. And I'm just sitting here being me. But I could tell they were like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why are you why why are you even talking to them? And you don't get scared at all. No, because I haven't wow. done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, but I, I, I understand. But she, I understand the rabbit hole that that's going to create. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I wasn't. I'm not. I, I'm just not scared because I haven't done anything wrong. Okay, and so what your point, right? And mm-hmm. you're aware that you haven't done anything wrong, and that's why you're not scared. Mm-hmm. And to them, like it doesn't matter to them. They're still scared because they know the ways that it can go. And I know, I know. I know that you know that way, but that's what I always hear from people. They're like, "Why are you running from the cops if you uh-huh. know you haven't done anything well, I'm wrong?" I'm cautious. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, my hands. I'm not are, talking I'm about you. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. what I see in yeah, those yeah. situations. They're yeah. like, "Well, if you're afraid, you must be doing something yeah. wrong." When I get pulled over, my legs start shaking uncontrollably, and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" I look guilty, and then I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm start freaking out, and I'm just shaking. I'm like, "Like that's I can see it." That's how that happens, even if I, even if it's a cop car behind me. Yeah. I get nervous like, too. Not even coming, like, not even with the lights on. If uh-huh. I just see a cop car behind me, uh-huh. the same exact thing uh-huh. happens. Yeah, same. Arms start sweating. You same just look. I guess you know. At the end uh-huh. of the day, I, I don't, this is a whole another topic. But I mean, I just mm-hmm. was, I wasn't raised that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not afraid of police officers. And to be fair, like I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm female, and I understand that that is a different experience. I'm female and I'm lighter skinned. And I understand that that is a different experience for me mm-hmm. and that other black women have different experiences from me as well. It's very specific to me, but I'm generally not afraid of cops, but I'm mm-hmm. very still like, I don't trust your ass either. Well, media has made me because my, my mother didn't raise me to like be scared of cops or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. She know, shouldn't she, have to. I, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She, that we never touched upon that. And she always, she raised me to be respectful. So whether it's a cop or whether it's like an uh, you know an old man or a young man, like it doesn't matter if somebody says something to me. Like I'm respectful first because I'm just a respectful person. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it'll escalate if they escalate. But yeah, like media has made me scared of cops. I man, I I was hanging out with my with Jude, my 76 year old friend that I took to see. Uh, birth of a nation me and him went we drove down to Corolla, north carolina together and i called it i said jude i promise you and i have it on tape i promise you we're gonna get stopped by the cops because they think that like i'm abducting you and he's like what do you mean 
I was like, dude, I'm a 35 year old black man. You're a 76 year old white man. Like, I'm. There's no reason for us to be in the car together. He didn't see it that way. And sure enough, we got stopped. And the beautiful thing about it, he was mic'd up because I've been doing like I just been having conversations. Kind of documenting with him. your conversations. Yeah, documenting my conversations with him. So I had that whole conversation on tape. And the weirdest shit happened when we got stopped by the cops. I don't raise your hand if you guys have ever been stopped by the police and the passenger did all the talking. Wow. No, never. Never. Dog. I said all of ten words. He spoke like I'm talking about he lifted out of his seat, like like moved forward and was like, hey, sir, is there you know, what's the reason that you're stopping us? We're just going down to North Carolina, like held a full blown conversation with this dude to where all I answered was a few yes and no questions. I didn't say nothing. And, and what I gather from that is, OK, you know, the cop was like, well, if the passenger, if I if the driver stops the passenger from talking, then we might have a problem here. You know, like, mm. you know, the more the passenger talked, the more he realized, okay, he's here, you know, via his own recognizance or whatever the Do case may be. Do you think that Jude was like very aware of what you had told him before? And so he was protecting you? I, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. We never, we didn't have that conversation, but he still, he still didn't seem to grasp why it happened after it happened so I, i'm gonna say no oh wow okay. i think it was just a natural reaction for him to let the passenger to, to be a passenger and just speak to the cop you know what i'm saying it was weird it was it was the weirdest fucking because i remember one the first time i ever got stopped with some of my homies i tried to say something to the cop and i'm talking about i got two words in and they were like sir i am not it was one of those shut the fuck up if i'm speaking to you i will speak to you but it was presented way different it was sir i'm speaking to the driver right now if you could please sit back thank you you know what i'm and saying he like, told you to politely shut up yeah exactly like like and that's the one and only time i've ever tried that you know outside of that it, yeah i've never I'm, i've just never seen a situation like that where they let the passenger speak and i have it all on tape it's it's the crazy i listened to it I've listened to it like twice since then. And it's just the funniest thing you, in the world. To do me. you remember too when uh, you borrowed my car and my inspection was like, it was like almost a year out yeah. of, I, this is a funny one. I've been driving around with an expired inspection for almost a year. Yep. You stay snitching on yourself. Did, did, yeah. I, I'm good now, <laughs> He's good now. <laughs> but this is an old car. I never got pulled once. Yeah. Borrow my car. You didn't even time. make it out of downtown. Duh. No, no, I made. Yeah. I, I, I did. I made yeah. it out of downtown, but I didn't make it to my destination. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Yeah. I got pulled I, over. Now I talked myself out of it yeah, because yeah. I was like, "Ma'am, it was a female. Ma'am, I'm borrowing somebody else's car to get some stuff, and I I didn't pay no attention to it. So I guess she didn't want to give you the ticket. Maybe. <laughs> you know. I, I even remember in New York when the guy was like, "How do y'all know each other?" And we were like, "We're friends," and he yeah. was like, "Y'all are friends." Y'all exactly. I do remember. And we were. That. I was like. Yeah, we're, we're friends. Yeah, I remember that. I, honestly, that's happened to me a lot in my life. Mm. I've been places where, and and sometimes not in a police setting. Like, uh, you know, um, one time I went to dinner with Dex, Marcus, and everybody, and they asked them, like, oh, okay, table for four? And then they looked at me, and they're like, um, can I help you? Mm. I was like, I'm, I'm with them. <laughs> like, Crazy. so, I mean, that's it's But I've had the reverse happen yeah. of that. If there's black people in line in front of me, they'll assume we're all together. Mm. I, I think that's, I don't know, uh, you know, up north, that to me is, I don't know. I, I it's never happened in a social setting, but it's happened several times here in Virginia. Right. Mm -hmm. Like people just, you can't possibly have black friends. Right. That's, <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. So, you know? well, so bringing it back to the film though, yeah. like I, I didn't look at it like he looked at her as a white savior. I mean, I see how. I don't think point, that he looked. I don't think he looked at her as a white savior. Yeah. I think it was. It was a, a metaphor. That's, that's my, this yeah, movie is well, one giant metaphor, in my it, opinion. Yeah. There's, I can't take. 
I can't create any concrete reasoning of anything that happened in the movie. Right. It's just, I, there's just an interpretation and a, a route that you can go with it. Right. Multiple routes. Agreed. 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 So what, what, what haven't we touched on in this film yet? That we, that we need to address. I just, uh, I just want to know how you guys felt when, uh, when, uh, the main character goes upstairs and all the white people just stop talking and they just look up. Dumb. <laughs> Boy, I mean, I think that was dramatic, but I'd be feeling like that shit happens. Uh-huh. Like, where is he going? Like, you know, there's always eyes on you, uh-huh. even when it seems like they're not looking. They're like, they're paying attention to where you're going, what you're doing. Or you know, like, like the opposite, where you walk into a room and they stop talking. They stop talking, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to hear Lizzie's interpretation of that scene. No, I think it's exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah, what do you uh, and I, uh, immediately after that though? I love the scene with the the I forgot her name. The, the woman, the maid, yeah. Yeah. Georgina. So so, but then once you learn that Georgina is actually the grandmother, mm-hmm. like, does it put into perspective for you why that conversation went the way it went? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and another element. I, it's just creepy as shit. It's mm-hmm. a creepy scene, mm-hmm. and it helps just amp the creepiness mm-hmm. of the film too. But that's what I loved. About. I mean, that was my main take from it. It's just this is some creepy shit. And and speaking to you know the the metaphorical elasticity of this mm-hmm. film, you know what I'm saying? Like the you know before we learn what the actual twist is in the film, you know you kind of look at the Georgina character like the, the whole colonized you know mm-hmm. thing is like oh okay she's she's been integrated and you know these problems that are a problem to me she doesn't see anymore because she's one of them you know because they've hypnotized her right they've hypnotized her so they say too at the end they're like some of you will still be there yeah and and you can see it trying to come out in all of them but they're stifled it's so stifled by what's been done to them which that is a clear metaphor yeah 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 no, this film's fucking deep that twist though i I will say that again i you know i think the twist helps I think the humor and the twist sort of helps um, not dial in so hard to where it makes it too uncomfortable for like, if I wasn't black, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. let me ask this, because of you specifically, Corey, Mm -hmm. I was keenly aware and so was Jesse because he kept giggling. Um, (laughs) I was sitting between Corey and Jesse. So when he's when he finally you know wakes up you know what i mean and the, and he's like um figured out a way to block out the hypnotism mm-hmm. and he's like i'm gonna kill these white people and every time he would kill a white person the theater was erupting Erupted. with Ooh. applause yeah. and like it was like it was like an uncomfortable thing for me like i was giggling at it but it was like uncomfortable but i was like oh shit i get it like mm-hmm. how did that make you feel like were you keenly aware of that oh yeah i definitely was i didn't interpret that as like yay death to white people like there were several elements from my interpretation of that there was typically in horror films black guy is dead does no, not they make said it. that the black guy <laughs> dies first i've dies seen that first. in the advertisement you know, the, the black guy dies and I, but i think there was uh, 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 a rooting for this guy. I think that's uh, you're that rooting was right. for him to get out. Yeah, you yep. wanted him to get yep. out. You know, and yep. then that's where and and, it, and it's it's so evil. And I think we're a little bit self. I think most of the theater is aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Of I mean, what, I think they were too, and that's why yeah. they were clapping. They felt so good about like, oh, he made it out. But I I just don't I don't interpret it as as a evil like death to white people. I don't interpret it that way. I just interpret it as a you know get out and and defeat this. You know, I, I, I the, you could go different angles with that, I think. Do you think I, like that there was a message there that like revolution is sometimes violent? Of course. Because okay. I definitely took that too, but I mean, I was just 
Cause he. But how did that make you feel? Like that doesn't bother me. Because there were no, there were no, there was no like collateral casu- casualty there. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like everybody who died, like had Wait. had directly done something evil. So, right. but you know what I liked about that? It's like when he when he woke up, it's like he got efficient. Like he was on a mission to get out. Like I think you better preach, Corey. Like you know what I mean. So it's and there's no. You're now you're hundred percent in this. That's where you're going. You're like I'm getting out. And but but then he didn't kill her in the end. So because he still yeah. a part of him He's, still yeah. couldn't detach well, yeah, so from that, it. That's where you know he killed, every, I, that's, killed everybody else. Oh, that's easily. so real. <laughs> he killed everybody else. Just flawless. So Corey and yeah. I had a conversation earlier about. And we weren't actually talking about race, but we were talking about socialization and programming. Mm-hmm. And we were actually talking about marriage from mm-hmm. a female and male perspective of how we're socialized to view marriage. Um, and so he was saying to me, like, uh, like about women specifically, like wanting to get married. And he's like, well, I don't think we really need that if we know what we're doing. And I'm like, so why do women need that? And I was like, socialization. He's like, yeah, but I had the conversation um, so like I said, but that doesn't mean that the programming goes away. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly what you were seeing in that moment. Like mm-hmm. he was really programmed and he was in love with this person mm-hmm. and like not really wanting to let go of that. And so, and that shit is deep. I don't yeah. even know another way of, of describing it. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I I just think that that's realistic, you know, racism aside. I think that that's realistic. Well, I mean, if you think about white supremacy in terms of colonizing your mind, I don't think any of us. And and I the example that I used when I was talking to to Corey is that like I'm very aware that because of white supremacy, our beauty paradigms are set up specifically to um, favor a Eurocentric uh, phenotype, right? Okay. And I straighten my hair. Right. Because I like the way my hair looks straight. But I'm aware that the reason that I like the way my hair looks straight is mm-hmm. because it's closer to that Eurocentric beauty paradigm. Right. I haven't stopped doing it because I still like it. So mm-hmm. like and I realize why I do, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. And I think like that's the message there. Mm-hmm. I think maybe two people clap because, I mean, you, it's it's also it's sold to you that he's winning as well. Like there, there was no struggle in that the end there. Like once he started beating everybody up and killing everybody, it's like the guy's gonna win. But it, they it, kept and, telling him he was stronger than yeah, them. yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, there was a part of me didn't know quite how it was gonna end. But once he started like killing three people, I was like, okay, well. Oh, he, when he touched the gun at the end, the, yeah. I, I think I audibly said like, stupid, because I was like, yeah. the cops are gonna fucking come. And his fingerprints are all over this gun. Mm-hmm. And there he was really trying to liberate himself. And he was the guy that was good in this situation. Right, but it looks really bad because he's the black guy. And, and but he did yeah. kill everybody. Then he killed yeah. everybody. <laughs> but he had a good reason, right? Oh, for sure. But then no, it's like, sure. I was thinking like, okay. And now his friend has always been woke and they're laughing at him. And he's woke and he's saying, this is what's happening to me. This is why this violence is happening. And nobody cares. And I think that's a metaphor too, but it didn't happen. Mm. That's not the way the movie ended. I, I did see you briefly through Facebook that like, there was an article that said like, uh, you know, people are complaining that the movie's anti-white, but I mean. Well, one of my friends yeah. actually posted before we got in the movie, she said, if you walked away from watching Get Out and the message that you took away was it was a warning against inter- interracial dating, you didn't get it. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe that's that's something that has been said too. I haven't seen it, but she said it, so I'm thinking that maybe she has seen that somewhere. I would just hate. I, I, I my biggest fear is that someone watches it and just thinks that it's a regular horror film, and that 
it the, there's no metaphors anywhere. It's just a horror film. Like that would be my biggest fear because then you don't get it. You know, well, like I'm cool you, with you, that if it if it makes the box office bigger and gets him to do more movies and. Well, I get it from that perspective. I didn't think the movie was going to do as well. Like, I didn't think the theater was going to be as full as it was. And it made my heart smile because I'm like, yes, we're supporting something that's not typical of black films either. Right. I got to see the box office because, like, I saw Birth of a Nation at that same theater and, like, it was packed. But then when it came to, like, looking at the box office, it didn't do too well. But also, uh, scary movies, horror movies are known for people get getting seats in the theater, yeah. like uh, people will go see a horror movie completely blind. And then you got to consider Nate Parker's from here, and that that kind of already you know had started circulating as well too. His yeah. premiere then, was here and all that yeah, good stuff. So that might have played into it as well. I think this movie is going to do very well in the box office. All Just of my because friends, of Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. that you know that review, all of my friends as well. Like the word is traveling pretty mm-hmm. fast. And and when I say that, I don't mean locally. Like my friends all over the country are like, "Oh my God, this is so good!" Yeah. And every Everybody that um, I see mentioning, everyone was like, I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I'm seeing it tonight. I'm seeing that soon. Oh, I can't wait to go see it. So yeah. I think it's going to do well. Yeah, I think it's going to do very well, actually. Yeah. And then and then it has a lot of substance. I'm I'm just happy that we got a horror movie. I mean, you know, all the other great shit we talked about aside, I'm just glad that we got a horror movie with some real fucking substance mm-hmm. in a theater, you yeah. know, because so many times... You see a horror film and, you know, you get misled by the previews or whatever the case is. You watch it and you just feel totally let down. So I'm just glad it didn't let us down. I was saying that, too. After the film, I was like, I'm very impressed with Peel. Yeah. Like, you got this made and in theaters. I feel like, like he's, this is just the beginning for him, I think. Well, he said he wants to do, like, five more movies that are kind of like social thrillers is what he calls them. He said the ne- the next one isn't going to be about race, but he said he, he probably... He's, he's, I think he wrote Get Out maybe like right after Mad TV ended, so he had it, he's had it for a really long time. Mm. So I think he has several scripts that he wants to make. He actually said he doesn't really want to do any studio pictures at all. Oh, God bless that brother. God bless that brother, man, because I I feel like that that's I feel like we're in an age where we really don't have to, and he has a brand big enough to where I feel like he really doesn't, especially after this film. Um, I saw Blumhouse was attached to it. I've been seeing them attached to a lot of horrors. Yeah, they lately. did split, right? They did split. Yep. Yeah, um, a lot of horror stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of like low budget horror stuff. Low budget horror. So yeah. Jordan, he probably got a lot of money off it. I think too. Who? Uh, Jordan Peele, like going through Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Um, possibly, yeah, possibly. Probably. Yeah, maybe going that route. I know they they have kind of like a stranglehold on horror right now. Like yeah. anything that's horror slasher film, mm-hmm. it seems like they're store they're they're jumping in the re- the real estate. I mean, they kind of seem like the Netflix of uh like horror horror like movies because it's like we'll give you like ten twenty million dollars, make whatever you want, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna put it out. Right, but it has to like make money. You know? Right, right. I would I would love to see his voyage into uh independence outside of the studio structure because I, I i could see how this would have been a nightmare logistical nightmare within the studio uh corporate structure just to get past certain layers you know uh probably not so much now he can i'm sure he can write his ticket after these numbers come out because i'm i'm willing to bet the house that this one's gonna this one's gonna surprise people this one's gonna surprise people with those numbers man so he could probably write his ticket after that he might become the black uh andrew nickel is it nicola nicola the guy who did in time and he also did uh in time he did um what's the one that I really love and I can Gattaca. Oh okay. Um, he wrote names. Truman's show. Yeah. And so is you think he's gonna kinda he's gonna kinda like morph into that with, with uh, all these social issues? Can you see him doing that? 
Yeah, I don't know that guy's career that well. <laughs> well, well about it. I mean, but, yeah. I, but I think those movies are like the other end of the spectrum on how to do social issues. Where those movies, if you if you don't go into it thinking about social issues, it's just a movie about time running out. You know what I mean? But you can watch that movie and not get the social message, and and it's it's still okay. Right. Looking like, at just a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's just another sci-fi movie. But like to me, this movie. In order to truly understand it and have and get what it's doing, you have to know the message a little bit. Like oh. if you go to get out and you look at it as just a horror movie, I, I'm really fearful that you will look at it in the wrong way. Like you, you're gonna have, you're gonna, you might think anti-white or some nonsense, like right. some really nonsense reason for not liking the movie. You could, I mean, you could, but I, I think, I think to back, you know, to, to Lizzie's point of going over people's heads, I think it could be a standalone film. Mm-hmm. I think the twist in it mm-hmm. sort of like gives it that cinema. Uh, uh, archetype. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to where it disconnects from. It could possibly disconnect them from in from the message and turn it into just transcendence. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, um, due to the the style of the film throughout before that, I can't quite agree. But I, you know, it's, yeah. it's open for interpretation. Yeah. yeah. So. I guess in summation, man, like uh, go see the movie. Oh, we please, man, please, please go, go see it. Yeah, please go see it in theaters as well, man. It's an experience that I. I well, I feel like if you're listening this far, you probably have seen it. Please encourage other people to see it. Very, mm-hmm. very good point. No, it reminded me a lot of uh, you know, Sweetback's badass song. Mm-hmm. Well, like with Melvin Van Peebles, it's like that was like the first black exploitation movie. And I watched like a documentary on it where people, black people, were just going crazy in the theater because that's like the first time I think a black person maybe had killed like a white cop on screen or something. So when they saw that, it was like, wow, you could put that like in a movie theater. <laughs> right, and right. I felt like the same way, like watching this, like, wow, you could put that in a horror movie. Like yeah. now it's just insane. Yeah. Do you think, do you think horror was chose specifically for that reason? You I would get away I would, with a lot. I wouldn't doubt it. And then also, I've touched on that like horror movies sell. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shock. I me. feel like if he was aware of all of that, like we've definitely underestimated the the genius that is Jordan Peele. Yeah, I, I agree. I like. I'm. I, I got to bow to him right now. Same. Yeah, I got to bow to him. I, I do encourage you, Lizzie, to go back and look at that first trailer. I mean, it's probably going to be hard to not see it. That's for what my it homework is. for tonight. I'm going to look at the first trailer, and then because of Martin, I'm going to watch Keanu. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I, again, I don't give a fuck if you watch Keanu or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you saw Get Out, and that's all I care about. So. No, you saw Get Out, and that's what I care about because you were not interested. Um, no, if I wasn't interested, I wouldn't have come. No, I mean, before you were just like, Meh. well, yeah, I mean, you made me interested. I'll give you that. Well, you thank know, you. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give you your props here, but Appreciate you, know, you, guys. you know, I wasn't not interested because the message, um, didn't interest me. No, I think, I, I think once I said that to you, you became interested to be fair. Yeah. I'm not trying to say you sleep over here. I'm just saying like the, yeah. the, the trailer didn't sell you. The trailer didn't, it sold a bunch of confusion for me. And, and, and I think that the majority of people that I talked to kind of felt the same way that saw the first trailer. So, um, go see the movie. And, um, I think this is going to be the end of our discussion here for, for get out. I know we could probably go on for another hour, but we're just going to hold it at that. So um, please, please, please comment. We really yeah. want to hear from you on this. Um, yeah. You guys were all, you know, interacting with me before when I was saying I was at the movie. You were like, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. We want to know what you have to say and what you think about our discussion. Yes. Yes. I, and, and the metaphors, you know, if you took if you took something different from any of these scenes, 
yeah, like like Lizzie's saying, please let us know. And let me go back and, and, and share something. You know, I know we all know about this, but a pretty big deal. Spike Lee liked one of our he liked our podcast uh, wow. uh, on Instagram. Did you see that? Jesse? No, I, I posted in the group chat. Uh-huh. Spike Lee came through and liked one of the one of the posts, man. You know, he liked your post on your page, but you added him. So. I think that's why you saw it. Yeah, well, I added him on the post that I did for kind of movie critics as oh, well. Oh, okay, dope. Yeah, I tried. To, I, I tagged him on the picture and everything, but yeah, he came through and liked the picture that was on my page. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I hope he didn't read the few before when I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Red Hook Summer, some bullshit or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he went. He already liked it. Went back and saw. It and was like, I don't want to be a motherfucking re nigger. <laughs> you know, but but so no. Shouts out to Spike Lee, man. Um, the, you know, go make sure you check out our our three part Spike Lee episode that came before this episode. Um. Just very good, insightful conversation about Spike Lee. So hats off to Spike Lee. Hopefully hats he off. listened. Yeah, hopefully he listened, man. Um, I, I would love to hear his his art. I would love to hear you and him have a conversation. That'd Corey. be an interesting conversation if we were able to make that happen. You gonna send an invite great. out for him? Try to get him on the. I'm gonna shoot a kite. I'm gonna send a kite and see if we mm-hmm. can make it happen right. and turn it into a documentary. So yeah, so um, Black History Month, man. We got Spike Lee. We got Jordan Pill, and they both uh. Kind of took us through the month of February. So, guys, follow us on social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Kinda Movie Critics. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Kinda Movie Crits, C-R-I-T-S. Also, subscribe to us on um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Is there anything else I'm missing when it comes to that social media life? Nah, just follow us, subscribe, like, subscribe, comment, talk to us. Yeah, talk to us, guys. And uh, tell your friends about us, man. So... We do ruin movies, but uh, we do try to give some substance to the context of our conversation. So thank you for listening, guys. Uh, Encourage your friends to go see Get Out again for the like 100th time. And uh, remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are. and We're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.